At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Back here in the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And, Wes, we've been talking a lot about what's been going on with the Raiders today, obviously for very good reason. So it's a pleasure to have Adam Hill join us now. He's a sports writer, covers the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. And, Adam, I guess the, uh, the simple question might not be a simple answer is, when this news started to come out uh, late last week before the Bears game, what happened yesterday with his resignation? Did that seem inevitable with what you saw and the way that it affected the football team and certainly the whole front office with the Raiders once this news and those emails came to light? I would say yes and no. I think when the story came out Friday, there was a lot of people looking around and saying, okay, what is going to happen? What's going to be the result of this? And um, I thought when the Raiders put out a statement, when Mark Davis put out a statement on Friday about the first story, I thought there was a, a three key words in there. And what it said was, we, you know, we're aware of the report. Uh, we've been informed of the existence of this email and other materials. And, you know, I tweeted out at the time, I said, man, those three key words, uh, they're doing a lot of work in this statement. And I said, I, I'm interested to find out what those other materials are, because it seemed like that first report, there was going to be able to, he was going to be able to survive that if he really, you know, fought to hold on to his job and the team supported him. And uh, I thought that was not that it was acceptable, but that the team was going to be able to do enough damage control to keep him around. Uh, and then obviously yesterday with the additional uh, emails that surfaced, there was going to be no chance that that happened. But I think once we heard that uh, and other materials, we you know we were all waiting to find out exactly what that meant, uh, and now we know. And uh, I, I know as soon as I saw uh, the New York Times story yesterday, as soon as it was, was released, I basically started writing. You know, John Gruden's no longer the head coach, knowing that that was gonna that was just a matter of time. Adam, uh, do you think before that time story came out yesterday that Mark Davis had already made this decision, or was it kind of like, you know what, I don't really want to be the one to fire him, but I'm going to give him the option to resign and save whatever little face he has left here being Gruden. Do you think the decision was made Monday morning, or once that Times uh, story came out, then that was basically the decision was made for Mark Davis? Yeah, I think it was the the story coming out, and and here's why: there was no movement made in that previous 72 hours between the Wall Street Journal story and the New York Times story. Nothing had happened, 
in terms of discipline. And we were all waiting for what they were going to decide. But it, it seems like, and, you know, we're still waiting to exactly nail down the timeline with Mark Davis when we talk to him, but it seems like the team received all of the emails on Friday. So I think that they know what was in there. I think they know what was potentially going to come out. I still think, and the team was probably going to deny this, but we'll find out. Um, I still think they were just hoping it didn't come out. They were just hoping, hey, we're, we received these emails. Uh, we know what's in them. But let's see what is actually surfaced to the public. And then once once they actually came out, uh, I think it was, I mean, it was a very swift movement, right? I mean, it was within an hour of the story dropping, the resignation had happened. So they were aware of what was in it and the potential that they could be released. And then once they actually surfaced, uh, there was no question about it. So uh, that seems like what the timeline is. We'll see what the team says exactly uh, when Mark Davis speaks publicly. He's not talking at all right now, either uh, publicly or off the record. <laughs> I've tried a couple times. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see, in, you know, in the next couple of days, maybe what that exact timeline was, but they, they knew it was in there. And once it surfaced publicly, I think that it was an easy decision. Talking with Adam Hill here, of course, a uh, sports writer for the Las Vegas review journal can follow him on Twitter at Adam Hill, VRJ and Adam, it is interesting when you look at what's next and how the Raiders go forward, because we just had Michael Lombardi on last hour. And to his point, everybody associated with this organization from Mike Mayock, as the GM, to all of his assistant coaches. They were all handpicked by John Gruden. Do you think there's going to be a cleansing of this organization by the end of this year because all these people have tentacles to Gruden? Or do you think somehow they can go forward with this coaching staff possibly intact to next year? Or does it have to be a whole new regime that comes in here now? Well, I think a lot will be determined by how the rest of the season plays out. Um, you know, obviously, you know, they can say it wasn't a distraction on Sunday. They can insist that that was just a bad performance, but that was a, a lifeless and listless performance by the Raiders on Sunday. And it seems like there was, you know, their minds were other places, whether uh, they want to say that or not. Uh, we'll see how they respond the rest of the season, how they respond to Rich Versace being the head coach or the interim head coach and um, just how the rest of this year plays out. Uh, but I would say, like, the, the one caveat to that is the one guy on staff that I think would be a candidate, even though I saw some odds posted on who the next coach would be, and, you know, Rich Versaccio was pretty high on that list. I don't think Rich Versace is going to be the head coach. He definitely is uh, a Gruden disciple. I think he, you know, it's unfair to paint that with him. Um, but I think he's just the interim coach right now. I don't know that he's necessarily one of the front runners to take the job long term. Gus Bradley is a guy that I think is a uh, a very – you know, strong candidate in house. If you're going to stay in house, uh, Gus Bradley has been a head coach. We know that he has come in and made such an impression uh, in that organization, in that locker room. He's beloved by the players. Uh, seems like by the staff, uh, pretty much by everyone. And he's a guy uh, that I think would be looked at potentially uh, to take over as the head coach. Um, and he's not one of the original, you know, Gruden disciples. I mean, it was, it was Paul Gunther was, the guy who was really, really close with Gruden, who uh, was the guy that was brought in by Gruden, he had to fire him last year, and they brought in Gus Bradley to kind of turn things around on defense, and that's happened. So Gus Bradley isn't quite painted with that same brush, but I also don't think that there's a, you know, a brush that was that, that you need to throw out. I mean, it's John Gruden that said these things. It's not the other guys. I, I understand wanting to get a fresh start, and I think they will go outside the organization, but I also – um, would would be hesitant to say, hey, they need to completely distance themselves from everyone that's tied to Gruden, uh, because this is not necessarily, you know, this does not transfer to everybody else. I mean, they might not have known some of the stuff that he was saying or talked about. It's likely that they probably heard some of it. I mean, if if Gruden was saying these things, but um, I, I don't think it's fair to uh, uh, to say everyone is poisoned now just because they they know Gruden and were hired by Gruden. Adam, we know Tuesday is traditionally the off day really around the National Football League at all the various facilities around the league. But and I know the story is only about 16 hours old right now, but have you been able to talk to any players or get any thoughts from any players or have they been pretty shut down and not been making any comments to anybody about this obvious uh, change in direction within (laughs) the organization? Yeah, so I mean, this is actually something we talked about uh, before yesterday, you know, the last few days between Friday and, and Monday, 
um, what a lot of us uh, as media folks were talking about is this is where the, the new COVID protocols that are in place and we can't be in the locker room and we can't be around the players. Um, that's where a lot of this is affected. You don't really get uh, to walk around and, and talk to those guys. And um, even if they don't say anything on the record, oftentimes you'll get something off the record or, or you'll get something, um, you'll get a sense of how they're all feeling. And not being in the locker room does change a lot of that. I have reached out uh, by text to, to a few players and by direct message to a few players. And a lot of what I'm getting is, hey, look, I, I just don't want to talk about this right now. I don't want to go on the record. And it, it's just different when you're communicating electronically than when you are, you know, right up close in person, right? So uh, it's it's a different era right now with the, uh, the media player relationship because we're not around them. We don't get to interact on a daily basis face-to-face. And I think it's easier to say no comment or I don't want to talk about this when you're reached by text uh, than it is when you're when you're talking to somebody face to face. So uh, no, don't really have much of a sense. Um, waiting for was waiting for players a little bit last night to maybe post something publicly. Nobody really did. Uh, I know one player did briefly, uh, kind of not not an endorsement of Gruden, but just the, hey man, that guy's been really good to me, and I'm gonna miss him. And he took a lot of heat. Uh, from people posting back at him, and, uh, and then he deleted it. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how some of this plays out the next couple of days as well. But you're right, Tuesday, they're off. Wednesday, tomorrow, that'll be the practice. We'll be back in uh, the building to uh, to get it and to, uh, to hear Rich Versace for the first time as a head coach. All right, talking with Adam Hill, of course, from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. And, Adam, it's it, we do know, obviously, that Derek Carr was very close with John Gruden because John Gruden, offensive guy, They've worked at, they've been joined at the hip for a couple of years now together. Uh, what do you make of the offense going forward? Because now they're a three and a half point road uh, underdog here going to Denver. Will the offense suffer just from a football standpoint without John Gruden? Or do you think now the structure is in place with Greg Olson calling plays that they'll be able to keep the offense that was humming the first three weeks, kind of taking a couple step back the last two? Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, obviously John Gruden as the, not only the head coach, but the play caller uh, impacts the, the, the offense every single day and uh, runs the offense. And, and you would expect a lot of changes there, but I think you're right. Here's the thing. It's the longest offense Derek Carr has been in in his career. Um, he talks every day about how he knows it like the back of his hand, how his success this year and, and last year are a result of knowing the offense so well and knowing everything about it. We know Greg Olson, same way, even though he doesn't call plays, he knows the entire offense so well. So I don't think anything changes from that perspective um, on, a, on a play, you know, on a down-to-down basis. Except here's one thing that I was thinking: maybe it's beneficial short-term in a in a small way, and that it does change tendencies, right? And, and teams scout everything that you do, and they figure out everything that you do, and they try to, you know, read what your tendencies are, what you like to do every play. Now all of a sudden you have a different play caller, so you do change that up a little bit. Um, I think long-term, it, it definitely impacts the team that John Gruden's not there and doesn't uh, have that experience that he has as a play caller. He's been a very good play caller in the league. But maybe there is that little small benefit of, hey, people don't really know what Greg Olson's tendencies are as a play caller. It's going to be the same offense, and they can see how that works out. All right, Adam Hill, enjoyed the conversation, of course. Uh, follow him on Twitter, at Adam Hill VRJ. Uh, Adam, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's always interesting covering the Raiders, but it's going to be a wild week again this week. Thanks for the time and the information. Yeah, never a dull day. Never a dull day, <laughs> that's for sure. Coming back here, talking college football right here on Visa the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that saying? with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. The NHL season starts today, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. The VEASAN Hockey Betting Guide is out, and it's available with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Annie McNeil, with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, as well as season-long trends to watch. This guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season and get your digital copy now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com. Slash subscribe back here on the Lombardi line. I am Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds and Wes. We've talked a lot of NFL, of course, today, but I do want to talk a little college and maybe some games that uh, piqued your interest Mm -hmm. and certainly the betting interest out there. One of them is Purdue against Iowa. Now, Iowa coming off that huge win, top five clash. They come back. They beat Penn State. Now at home, six and Mm -hmm. Purdue coming in three and two. Could they be a little buttered up just a little bit because now number two in the AP, a lot of people looking at Iowa as a potential college football playoff team. I didn't see him as such at the beginning of the year. When you look at the number here this week, what do you make of it? And do you think Iowa might be too big of a fat cat? Well, yeah, it's kind of like split in the middle here. And, and I think Iowa, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, do they deserve to be ranked in a certain spot? And I think they do deserve to be ranked number two. Now, do I believe Iowa is the number two team in the country? Absolutely not. But you have to take who they've beaten. They've beaten Penn State. They've beaten Indiana. Uh, they, they've they gotten some good Whipped wins. Up they on beat Maryland. I- yeah, they beat Iowa State in that Cyhawk rivalry, who probably is going to be a resurgent team the second half of the season. This is the highest ranking for the Iowa Hawkeyes since 1985. Whoa. Since the Hayden Fridays, they've beaten three (laughs) top 25 teams this season, beat a top five team in Penn State on Saturday for the first time since they beat Ohio State. It was number three back in 2017. Look, that game on Saturday was a weird game because that was one-way traffic toward Penn State. It was 17-3. Sean Clifford gets knocked out of the game. Backup comes in and obviously changed everything. He he wasn't ready for the smoke, as they say. He was absolutely not ready for that. You look at Iowa on offense, still very pedestrian. They just had 305 yards against Penn State on Saturday, and they make that one play at the end, and that's all that they needed. They're 120th out of 130 FBS teams on total offense. So if they had just like a middling offense, they'd be laying well over two touchdowns. It would be almost between 14 and 17 that they'd be laying. But the defense is carrying the day because the Hawkeyes, by the way, 
number one in the nation in takeaways. They've got 20 takeaways wow. in six games, wow. including 16 interceptions, which leads the nation kind of by a country mile. Plus 15 in turnover margin. They were plus three on Saturday against Penn State. Now this defense gets a Purdue offense that can move the ball. Purdue can throw the ball, and they're 10th in the country in throwing the ball 325.4 yards a game. I would think it's going to be Aiden O'Connell again because Jack Plummer was the early starter. Aiden O'Connell started the last game against Minnesota, and he threw for 371 yards, but yet Purdue only managed to get 13 points. Purdue has only scored 13 points in each of their last three games, so you do worry a little bit about that. The running game has been a struggle, but the running game has been a struggle in West Lafayette for about a decade now. (laughs) They have not been able to run the ball for a long time up there, and really, Purdue, you would have looked at the numbers. It's like they should have beat Minnesota. Remember, it was kind of a nasty, drizzling Mm -hmm. rain throughout the entire game up at Ross-Aid. They end up losing at home. Uh, Aiden O'Connell did commit two turnovers, despite the fact having 371 yards. Purdue's got to be less one-dimensional on offense if they want to get to a bowl game for the first time since 2018. Now, they did beat these guys, Iowa, in that shortened COVID season that started in, in the Big Ten at the end of October. So, Iowa might be, you know, looking for the payback. This is the payback spot. But Iowa's got to come down from the field storming that took place at Kinnick Stadium on Saturday. It opened 11 on Sunday, and now it's kind of settled at 11 and a half or 12. So you're not seeing a ton of early money on Iowa because I think people know that Iowa is living off these turnovers. And their offensive issues have been masked by the fact that you force so many turnovers. Total open 45 and a half, seeing it down to like 44 right now. That's obviously a very low total for college football. So what I'm probably going to end up doing, and I'm just kind of waiting for the line. I'm not wanting to get in right away because you want to extract as much value as you possibly can. I like Purdue in the spot because I think that they can throw the ball And this is supposed to be a low-scoring game. This is now 43. It's 43 here at BetMGM. Juice to the under in some spots. So these points are going to be at a premium here. And Iowa has just been so sloppy on offense, particularly that quarterback, Spencer Petras. It's like... He does a good job. He doesn't really give you anything. He is very pedestrian, but he doesn't screw it up. Now, can Purdue force them to screw it up? Can Purdue force turnovers, which they have not been able to do so far this year? But just looking at this number, it's like 12. It's like, oh, my God, Iowa's laying less than two touchdowns. Let me jump right in. Hold the phone on that before you get involved. I like the Boilermakers here. Yeah, uh, Petrus reminds me of, if you want to go way back in the day, Alabama had an undefeated season with Jay Barker as quarterback, mm-hmm. if you remember that. That's the feel I get, right? We just don't screw it up. Just manage just, the game. Just manage the game. Don't turn the ball over. Let we'll take defense, care of it. Let the defense win games. I was doing that. The point you made about the turnovers is astounding. And at some point, we have to start saying, okay, can they keep up this rate? I don't know that they can, but when you're getting, what, three and a half turnovers a game on average, mm-hmm. that is astounding in college football right now. They're taking it away with volume, giving their offense short fields. I'm with you. The number looks weird when I say it's only 12 for the number two team in the country at home against three and two Purdue. Something seems like it's up, and I think you've already laid out why. Yeah, we go where the stink is yeah, sometimes, absolutely. and we're going to West Lafayette for the Purdue Boilermakers on this one. Let's talk about Kentucky and Georgia now uh, in the SEC. And, look, you look at Georgia here, the number one team in the country now with Alabama being slain over the weekend. And Kentucky, look, credit. i got to give them credit here, Mark Stoops and company. They burned me last week. I trusted Ed Ogeron and LSU, and I thought it was a dicey spot for them coming off the huge win against Florida. Not so much. They blew out LSU a week ago. And now, I think the lack of respect is still there. 24 between the hedges here at UGA. It feels like it's too much. But the way Georgia is hammering people week in and week out, am I on the wrong side for thinking that Kentucky is real? Uh, I don't know what side to be on here, but I don't think I want to be against the Georgia that's, side, that's whatever that is, because... They, uh, Georgia, uh, Kentucky has not won since uh, November 2009 where they beat Georgia and Athens 34-27. It's been one-way traffic for the past decade plus for the Georgia Bulldogs, which which you would think yeah. uh, that they've dominated this rivalry. 24, obviously, is a lot of points. But you know what? 19 was a lot of points against Arkansas, too. And we saw what happened. Do you really want to get in front of this team that's, like, allowing, like, five points a game on defense? I think it might have gone up because they did give up 10 at Auburn. So a pedestrian, bad defensive performance by Georgia to give up double digits at Auburn. How dare you? But... 
boy, I don't want to get in front of this team. However, this is approaching the point where they're going to get the cocktail party at the end of the month. Mm. So they'll, they'll have a bye week now in between, I believe. So maybe not quite the possible look ahead spot that you would normally think, but this Georgia defense is absolutely for real. And it's almost like with the quarterback, I think the market doesn't really value JT Daniels that much. No, I think they're like, you know what? Stetson Bennett's We're fine. Okay. Yeah. You've got a good stable of running backs here and you can run the football. He's another guy. Now he can make at least a few plays. He's not totally Spencer Petrus, who we were talking about in the previous game, but he's another don't screw it up guy. He's a former walk on senior, you know, knows how to do this as one games in this conference. So Boy, I know that's tempting to take those points, but I'm not going to take the bait. All right. I might be a sucker on that one if I'm riding alone here in Kentucky. I do want to talk about your alma mater very quickly, Indiana, because everybody in Michigan, right, they're all talking about Harbaugh and they're talking about the Wolverines. Nobody's really talking about undefeated Sparty, Michigan State. So, Wes, I know you know your football team pretty darn well there at IU. Could this be a spot where maybe Sparty, is looking ahead to bigger fish to fry and could trip up in the Hoosier State. It very well could be, but this is a revenge spot for Michigan State because they got shut out 24 to nothing last year by the Hoosiers in Spartan Stadium. By the way, this is the the old brass spittoon game between sp- Indiana and Michigan State. Do they actually spit in the spittoon? They do spit in the spittoon. Uh, we'll get that story another time, <laughs> but Michigan State's offense only had 191 yards last year against Indiana. They had a ton of yards on Saturday at Rutgers, had almost 600, just a lot of long touchdowns to Jalen Naylor, Kenny Walker, the running back transfer out of Wake Forest, had a 94-yard touchdown run that pretty much put it to bed in the third quarter. Indiana, though, off a bye week, disappointing two and three start. Schedule has gotten tougher, by the way. Michael Penix Jr., probably not going to go at quarterback for Indiana. It is going to be Jack Tuttle, but I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Penix has not been as effective this year. He's not been as sharp, and I think he's not been 100%. So, Indiana's had a week to get some guys healthy, especially on that defense and that secondary which is the best unit on this Indiana football team. This is one I'm waiting on a little bit. I'm waiting to see what I can get on Indiana because I do think that this is going to be a tricky spot for Michigan State. And probably where I'm going on the total is the under at under 50. I think lower scoring game here, maybe a little more zone read from Jack Tuttle. Good defensive battle here between the Spartans and the Hoosiers. Well, it's that flat number five that always gets my antenna going up. So, Wes, I might be rolling with your alma mater on Saturday as well. When we come back, Lorenzo Alexander is going to join the program. This man knows Bruce Allen. He knows the culture in the NFL and also in the NFL PA. Come on back. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only 22 bucks per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds back here on the Lombardi line. And our next guest is uh, one of my favorite guests, Wes, as you already know, Lorenzo Alexander, two-time Pro Bowl linebacker, formerly of the Buffalo Bills. But, Zoe, you know, when we wanted to get you on the show, because we just love having you on the show, it was to talk Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And we're going to do that. But what better person to have to talk about what happened with the Raiders and John Gruden and a a guy who played under Bruce Allen in our time together back in Washington, D.C.? And so it's almost apropos you being on the NFLPA to get your thoughts as to what has happened with Gruden's uh, resigning his post as the head coach of the Raiders, what did you make of it? And and I know you knew of some of these internal things, but boy, I got to be honest, it even came as a shock to me to see some of those things right. that were leaked in those emails. Yeah, I mean, I was unaware of a lot of that stuff as well. You know, obviously it was an, an investigation that occurred, you know, just with some of the things that didn't even have to deal with John Gruden himself. And things come out. I mean, I think the biggest thing that people can kind of take away from this is that, you know, anything you ever put out in an email and a text and social media, if that's you, you're representing yourself and you just never know when those things can come to light. And so you always want to try to represent yourself in the best light and really shine your shoe colors because you just never know when things like that are can be used against you. Somebody put it out there. 
Um, and it's, you know, obviously it's an unfortunate situation. Uh, hopefully uh, John learns from this, has grown from this. And I know a lot of those emails were old and hopefully he's grown as a person as far as some of the language that was used in those emails. That is now two Gruden's that Bruce Allen, I guess, if you want to say, I don't know if this is the right term, taken down. Of course, he fired Jay Gruden in D.C. and now John Gruden taken down here. And uh, Lorenzo, I want to ask a little bit more insight here in dealing with Bruce Allen because Bruce Allen is is getting his fair share of dragging on social media today. Stephen Holder, who covered him in Tampa Bay, now works for The Athletic, uh, did not speak very highly of Bruce Allen. Uh, what was your experience there in D.C. in that organization? Yeah, well, I, you know, I didn't leave on the greatest terms. You know, I wanted to stay, and they pulled my deal. I mean, obviously, as a GM at the time, Bruce had a lot to do with that, as well as Mike Shanahan, um, you know, telling me one thing and doing something different. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I think multiple people have, have had different encounters with Bruce, and um, you're hearing the same trend. And so, um, you know, I don't say it's all bad, but I think the way he conducts business at certain times isn't above board and isn't, in the proper um, manner, especially when you're thinking about football and really any business, it's about relationships and how you treat people um, eventually is going to come back on you at some point. Uh, it may not be immediate, but uh, eventually things of that, of that nature is going to happen. And then people start distancing themselves from you. So hopefully, you know, at some point, I know he's older, but you can learn things and start treating people differently. And hopefully he learns as well. And so, um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, what that looks like for him, what that looks like personally. Uh, but, you know, I have nothing but, you know, the best intentions and the best well-beings because for me, it worked out. I ended up in Buffalo, mm-hmm. you know, all pro, <laughs> balling out the end of my career. And now I get to come on with my man Dave Ross still because I'm still relevant because of what happened. If I stayed in Washington, <laughs> I don't know if that ever would have happened. I don't know. So I try to keep a good perspective on it. It turned out well for me and hopefully other people. It didn't tarnish their journey at all based on the way he conducted his business. And that's why I've always said Lorenzo and Wes, you know this in our short time together, that's Lorenzo is one of my favorite people, mm-hmm. not just on the field, but off the field, the way you conduct yourself, Zoe. And I think that that should be a lesson to others and hopefully to people like John Gruden and to Bruce Allen, that what you do does affect and can affect uh, not only your professional uh, business, but certainly your personal relationships as well. And that's why I value ours. Let's talk about those Buffalo Bills because all of a sudden, <laughs> Zoe, and you called it on the green zone with Wes and I, you love them in the spot against Kansas City last week. And they went in there, and I don't know if it's changed now because of Lamar Jackson what it did, but after that Sunday night game, all of a sudden the number one guy to win MVP became Josh Allen, right? So he just vaulted to the front of that conversation. Now I do want to talk to you about being the hunted because the Bills for the first time this year, and maybe the best thing that happened to them early on was losing week one to Pittsburgh. And then people forgot about them for a couple weeks. Now they're right back in that spotlight. Lorenzo, are they good enough and ready for all of those eyes and ears and the attention that Josh yeah. Allen's going to get now as the MVP front runner and the Bills as the front runner to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think people forget that they were a pretty dominant team last year. They were in the AFC Championship, and so they haven't been sneaking up on anybody. And that's why they, a team like Pittsburgh gets up for them because they know what type of team they have been over the last, you know, really three seasons and have really been building to this moment and uh, just being in that locker room, understanding the culture and foundation that Sean McDermott has established in that locker room and how the players have gravitated around that and hold true to it. This won't go to their heads. They understand this is merely a, a, a uh, regular season game. And obviously it's going to help them because last year KC won and ended up having a home playoff game in the AFC championship. So they know that it's going to benefit them, but they're not going to rest. Uh, like they've won something by now, and they'll and they'll do just fine. Each week they do a great job of resetting, getting back to the basics, and understanding that they have to continue to put in the work on the little things in order to stay dominant and relevant in this league because we all know it's week to week, day to day, and at any time, like last year with the Steelers, you can be 11-0 and 0 and then fall off the map, right? <laughs> and so that should be a great picture of what staying humble, staying focused at the, the weeks at hand uh, and how, how benefit having that mindset could be for you. And Josh Allen, by the way, Dave, still the M- uh, favorite. Still the favorite. Plus 450 at BetMGM, by Oof. the way. Lamar's uh, odds got cut, obviously, last yeah. night with 500 yards of total offense. But 
Lorenzo, I want to ask about the defense here because all the publicity is going to Brian Dable and Josh Allen and this offense. This defense, number one in the NFL, and you played defense for 15 years in the National Football League. (laughs) And I made an observation after the game because it's not going to show in the stats, but I actually think the signing of Mitch Trubisky has been very good for Buffalo. And I think Micah Hyde brought this up after the game. You have so many running quarterbacks in the AFC. You have a Mahomes. You have a Lamar Jackson, a Justin Herbert, Baker Mayfield. Guys that can get in and out of the pocket. Guys that can keep plays alive. And when you have a guy like Trubisky that can give you that look as a defense and practice, I think this guy's been a yeah. great signing. And and I'm just seeing a totally yeah. different Buffalo defense this year. Yeah, and that actually makes a lot of sense, right? Because no, most of the time you got to throw a receiver or a running back or your returner back there and they can give you all the, the run looks but then they can't give you any pass looks and so you almost know as a defense based on who the coach puts back there whether it's going to be run or pass and to your point Mr. Trubisky is able to give them both right they're not subbing in somebody when they want to do a run play and so it keeps you honest in practice and so when you get into the game you are, are better well prepared uh you know to go against those type those type of looks and I think one of the things that people have forgotten because this guy's not sexy or, you know, not sexy as far as the position he plays because uh, he is big sexy in Starlow to lately. Having him come back into the team and being the, the bell cow and center in that defense has really made a lot of difference, Only not only for what he's been able to do as far as taking up double teams, pushing the pocket, getting pressure, his leadership, but Matt Milano and, and Jermaine Edmonds have benefited from it as well because this dude is a big body holding up double teams and allows them to run free and downhill. And so it's been really fun to watch. And like I said, this back end, these safeties, Micah Hyde, pick six, right? You see all these guys getting interceptions, hands on balls, very competitive on the back end. They're very deep up front, and they just have a great mixture of young and old on this defense, and they're out there balling. It's been great continuity as well. Yeah, I should point out that the Bills are the favorites to get to the Super Bowl and uh, in, in, uh, plus 600 to win it. The Buccaneers the, the favorite right now overall at plus 550 to win the Super Bowl. And you mentioned 15 years playing defense in the NFL. What people don't know about Lorenzo, I mean, you look at him now, he's felt, right? This guy was an offensive <laughs> lineman. He played online. What, was that, what did you weigh? Yeah. About three? What did you weigh back in your highest, yeah. heaviest yeah, my, day? My, my, yeah, my – Biggest in the NFL was 315. I came out of Cal Berkeley as a D tackle, undrafted back in the day, played three or four years as a as a tackle, tight end, did some guard, fullback. You remember those early Washington football oh, yeah. days? And then as I started playing special teams, you know, I used to run down kickoffs at 295 back in the old days. Oh, my God. Busting the wedge, making plays. And as I moved further away, away from the ball, I had to shift my body and lose the weight. So now I'm a nice, sexy 230, you know, now that I'm done since <laughs> – you know, so my wife is loving me. My back is loving me. My knees are loving me up right now. Are you still doing Pilates? <laughs> All the time. Man, I tell you, Wes, this guy, his body is a temple and his mind is brilliant. <laughs> Zoe, it's always great to have you on. Uh, appreciate your, your honest conversations as always, man. You always have a platform wherever I am. Lorenzo Alexander, a two-time pro bowler, but I'd say a better guy even off the field as great as he was on it. Zoe, appreciate the time as always, my man. Oh, anytime. Appreciate you guys. All right, there he is. The One Man Gang. You have to follow him on Twitter, as I do, at One Man Gang 97. And people of the 97, that's when he was an offensive lineman. How about that? 315 pounds and getting down to the 230, 240 range to play linebacker. That's how you last 15 years in the league. You adjust to your situation and uh, ended his career as a pro bowler in Buffalo. All right, and I have pictures of him to prove that he was that big. I was never 315, didn't have to drop down to 235. When we come back, we're not done by a long shot. We're going to preview Thursday night NFL and see what's the right side to be on. Come on back. It's Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. 
Young Voters Who Are Angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sign up today at BetMGM and enjoy the thrill of victory on your very first bet. The King of Sportsbooks welcomes you to Showtime with a special offer on the NHL, an official sports betting partner of BetMGM. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game. If either team scores a goal in the game, you're going to win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet to take advantage of this offer. Enjoy the NHL action like never before with BetMGM's live betting options, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VSIN200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if a goal is simply scored in the game and you wager on. New customer offer paid in free bets. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line. We're going to talk some baseball, but before we do that, I want to get your initial thoughts on Tampa Bay, and we talked about it with Will Hill in the first hour. It looks like the right teaser spot for me at Philadelphia you know I like to do that and tease these games down. you got to find a dance partner here. But it looks like on the surface, six and a half here. What do you make of this number initially? Because Philadelphia surprised me in, in Carolina coming back and getting the outright win on Sunday. It feels like the right number here, and I could certainly understand the teaser spot. But look, Tampa Bay, I think they're going to be priced even a little bit higher. So if you look on the surface, maybe a little bit of line value on the Philadelphia Eagles here just simply because – we watched that game on Sunday against Miami, mm-hmm. and it ended up being 45-17. to 17. There was a defensive touchdown late, and then Mike Evans got another touchdown. It was all Tampa in the fourth quarter. But it was really one quarter that was essentially a blowout. It ended up being 45-17 final score. Tampa Bay outscores the Miami Dolphins 21 to nothing in the fourth quarter. So you can tell that was a one-score game after 45 minutes. And then all of a sudden, Tampa Bay just gets loose and 558 yards to just 301 for Miami. So it probably deserved to be that final score when you look at the stats there, but it got a little bit out of hand in the fourth quarter. So maybe if I could get seven and when there is a seven out there, there are flat sevens uh, Mm -hmm. out there already. There's some that are like seven, even money on Tampa Bay, which means plus 120 on the other side for the Philadelphia Eagles. I lean Eagles here. I have not bet this yet. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to get seven because I think Tampa Bay is going to get bet. And even if they get bet through that number, you're going to have plenty of teaser liability on the Buccaneers pending into Sunday, assuming they get there. But I like the Eagles grit of what I saw. Now that offense struggled in the first half. We saw Jalen hurts a lot of short passes. He was averaging like two yards, a pass (laughs) attempt or something absolutely ridiculous. But in the second half, they figured something out, the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, you look, only 273 yards, but that was good enough. And plus, the Eagles took advantage of the turnover. Sam Darnold with three turnovers. So the turnover bug stayed away for three games. Now the New York Sam Darnold's kind of been back for Carolina the last two games. But anyway, back to this game. Eagles probably are nothing for me, but I can certainly understand. I might do like a Bucks teaser. Yep. 
and then take the Eagles with the points, and hopefully it falls in the middle. And that's why, again, I, when it opened up at six and a half, you've seen it gone up to seven here. And that, I think your point about teasing that that number might go up for the teaser liability is a real thing that we're seeing a lot around with the books this year with the National Football League. So if you're a Bucks backer, you probably should get it now because that number is only going to elevate before we get to Thursday night kickoff, mm-hmm. I would think, to your rationale. Let's talk some baseball here. We talked about it in the first hour with Will Hill and, and the emotional connotation with the Astros and the White Sox today as the Astros try to move on here in the American League and take on the Red Sox for the right to go to the World Series. This best of five, Houston leading two games to one. We know Rodon's going to go for the White Sox today, arguably their best pitcher, but I thought Will made a great point. If he was healthy... He would have pitched earlier in this series, but he's finally going to go here in game four. What do you make of it with the White Sox now, uh, minus one-on-one here, as the small favorite? Well, and the White Sox are going to have, you know, Tony LaRusso will use his bullpen. He'll use, you know, 10 pitchers if he has to to get outs. And, look, they have a lot in the bullpen. They have Garrett Crochet. They have Ryan DePera, Aaron Bummer, Liam Hendricks, Craig Kimbrell. Not going to be able to use Michael Kopech because he threw 47 pitches on Sunday, but... Rodone, I think, even as good as he has been this year, if LaRusso will get the quick hook, he will not leave you out there. But Rodone has been very good. Only two starts against the Astros this year, but he pitched 14 innings in the two starts, only allowed one run while striking out 18 Astros this season because Rodone's a little bit different than Lance Lynn. He's a guy that can get outs without throwing a fastball. Lance Lynn is basically a fastball pitcher. He has variations, you know, the four-seamer and the, and the cutter and all that stuff. But, you know, Astros are going to mash fastballs. I mean, this team, whether it's a lefty or a righty, they absolutely mash fastballs. So you got to mix in some off-speed stuff. you got to have a sinker. you got to have a slider. you got to have the change-up. And Rodon can do that, and Rodon doesn't really issue a lot of walks. So, you know, you don't want to give free passes to this lineup because the Astros have absolutely feasted off walks in games mm-hmm. one and two of this series. Uh you know, but Rodone is a little bit more crafty, but this Houston team is really disciplined. They don't chase a lot of balls necessarily out of the zone. And you look on the other side, Lance McCullers, game one went six and two thirds, only gave up four hits, no runs, and did strike out four. Doesn't give up a lot of home runs. This is a White Sox team that lives off a home run. 13 home runs and just 29 starts this Ooh. year for Lance McCullers. And you look, uh, the White Sox uh, against McCullers this year, only three runs and 20.2 innings for this guy. So you can certainly see why this money has moved to the Astros side. And by the way, I think at BetMGM right now, I am checking, oh, that's the first five. But, you know, about 110 is what I'm mm-hmm. seeing pretty much in the market at BetMGM. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, 110 really on both sides. But Astros getting a little bit of support, and I they don't are. really disagree with it here. I'm on the Astros. Maybe some would say the Astros don't chase pitches because they know what's coming. (laughs) Just saying. Let's talk about the Brewers and the Braves here very quickly in the NLDS here. Uh, Atlanta's got a chance to eliminate Milwaukee, which I think would be a surprise to many. Certainly would be a surprise to me. Uh, You look at the number now, big favorites here to get that in fact, Dunday today down in the ATL, uh, laying minus 152 here at BetMGM. What do you make of this number? And look, I'm surprised, Wes, that we're even in a situation here where the Brewers are already facing elimination. Well, and, you know, two runs in three games with both runs coming in one inning here. The Brewers' offense is absolutely frigid. Mm. I mean, it's yeah, I don't think we're getting a nice storm up there in Wisconsin no. yet. But, it. I mean, they just haven't, they haven't been able to hit at all. And you got to hit and score runs. Only Willie Adamas, he is the only hitter in that lineup that has more than two hits amongst this regular starting lineup. Uh, Eric Lauer going to go to try to force a game five. And look, he's been, I think, a vital part of a guy that's been in the back end of the rotation. And on the road, he's actually been better than he's been at home. 327 road ERA, 635 OPS to left-handed hitter, hitter 641 to righties. Lefty's not really hitting a lot of home runs off him. I think they only have one over 27 and a third innings pitch. So the Brewers obviously are going to have to carry, you know, Lauer's going to have to carry the road, but the Brewers at some point are going to have to hit. And really Atlanta, it's not like they've hit great, but they've done enough at the right times to have a 2-1 series lead. Look, they struggled really against Milwaukee's top three starters, but, you know, take advantage of that pitching change at an opportune time in game three. And there was one bad stretch of pitching in game two that got Atlanta to win. 
Atlanta actually only has three more hits than Milwaukee in this series, but they've got five more runs. And now you're going to get Charlie Morton. Charlie, my favorite Morton, uh, <laughs> is going to pitch instead of Yanoa. So it is going to be Morton on a little bit shorter rest here. But nevertheless, Atlanta is getting the money uh, in this spot simply because I think Milwaukee is just not hitting. And you got to rely on these bats to keep this series alive. Both these pitching staffs have been absolutely outstanding. So, you know, I'm tempted to maybe go with Eric Lauer, but I think I'm going to resist the temptation and just look to the under here, which is now down to eight at over minus 115. You may be able to find a couple rogue eight and a halves juice to the under, but until I see the hits come from Milwaukee, I don't know if they are coming, so I'd be on the under here. To me, it's just it's one of the more uh, under, unheralded stories so far in Major League Baseball because if you go back to the All-Star break where the Metropolitans had a solid lead in this division and really the Braves were an afterthought, and then they lose Ronald Acuna Jr. to do all this without their best offensive weapon and be one game away from playing uh, in the National League Championship Series is amazing. Speaking to that very quickly, one minute to go in the show, Giants and Dodgers, the Giants now will have the opportunity to eliminate L.A. Mm -hmm. They were better than the Dodgers in the regular season. So far, they've been better in this series, uh, in this best of five. Are you surprised anymore? And look, the money's still coming in on the Dodgers. It still feels like the Giants aren't getting respected. Right, and and I don't know who the pitcher is going to be. Have you seen a pitcher announced uh, tonight for the Dodgers? It is De Sclafani okay. who is going to go for San Francisco. And by the way, this total is now up to eight, about minus 155 on the money line here. So I know the Dodgers are going to get the money in terms of avoiding the elimination game. I might wait and see what I can get on the Giants before first pitch tonight. Absolutely amazing, though, that the money still keep, keeps coming in on L.A. and the Dodgers, or the Giants, rather, keep taking. Uh, of course, want to thank Wes. Great stuff. Uh, Michael Lombardi. Will Hill, Adam Hill, and Lorenzo Alexander for joining us here on the Lombardi Line on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.